heard at Sports Radio. Every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports, from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning, 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it, it's Hour 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Evan Bland with us from the Omaha World Herald, at Evan Bland, O-W-H. On Twitter, Evan, some football on our minds. Super Bowl Sunday looms, and oh yeah, Big Red Baseball is a little more than a week away. How are we doing? I mean, you can't beat this time of year. Uh, you know, it, it, college basketball is winding down, yeah, football's wrapping up. It's it's low 50s today and sunny. Uh, who can complain? Who's your Husker baseball goat? Like, growing up, were you a, an Erstad guy? You're not that old, but uh, Gordon and, and Komane. I remember I remember Darren going to the buck, watching him. My brother played with Alex, and then Shane was just incredible. So I, I'm pleading the fifth. I love them all. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can date myself a little bit. I mean, when I was a kid, I, I went to Butt Belzer games growing up. And early on, like, you know, they had crowds of just a few hundred. And I remember getting foul balls from Ken Harvey when he would foul off a couple that, that would hit Memorial Stadium. And then they would just sort of land out there, and, and I'd run around and get them as a kid, that sort of thing. I mean, I remember Shane Comine and the, the Hawaii Five O, uh, you know, walk up music, I suppose you want to call it, warm up music that he had and thinking how cool that was. Um, so, you know, he's up there just from a childhood perspective. I went to Lincoln Southeast. I was a couple years behind Alex Gordon. So I remember him hitting, you know, whatever it was, 500, 600 as a senior with the Knights and thinking like, man, this, I can't wait to see what this guy does at Nebraska. And, and sure enough, he has you know, a great career there. So I, I suppose it would be one of those two. Um, you know, I, I think maybe Komine just because it, to, to me, he sort of symbolizes like that, the rise of Nebraska baseball beyond what everyone at the time thought possible. Like you just never thought that you would have a guy that dominant who would, who would lead you to the college world series uh, and, and who would do battle with top sec programs and things like that. So, I think just that that transition from Buck Belcher to Haymarket, 
and and Komine being a part of that, I'd probably put him up there. But you can't go wrong with any of those guys. I mean, Darren Hurst had the number one pick. Uh, Alex Gordon winning college baseball is equivalent of the Heisman. Uh, it's a pretty cool deal, and, and all those guys deserve to be honored. That's going to be a, a fun uh, pregame ceremony on March 24th. It will be, and all three of those guys, uh, absolute grinders, uh, similar to, to the Will Bolton mentality. Evan, let's dive into baseball and talk expectations. And you had, I think the, the number was 18 juniors and seniors last year, but it just never materialized when it came to closing down games or having consistent offense. But I really do like some of the pieces that are back that did produce last year that have a chance to thrive this year. You know, what's your what's your uh, outlook here for Nebraska baseball this season? Well, you know, I think the expectation part is interesting to me, Chris, because you ask Will Bolton, the players, and they have sort of their standard uh, goal every year, which is to host a regional, something that they haven't done since 2008. Uh, I think in a normal uh, circumstance, they would have done that in 2021 uh, without the league-only season. But that's sort of what they expect to do that, to contend for the Big Ten. Uh, you know, I, I look at the Big Ten and, and, and how it lines up. I still think Maryland is that team to beat. I mean, they they were far and away the, the best power team in the conference last year. They hosted a regional they bring back a lot of their major pieces, not the player of the year. Uh, and Chris Aileen, he's, he's in the pros, but a lot of those top contributors return. So I still think Maryland is the team to beat. Um, you know, I think Iowa, maybe along with Maryland, are, are the only teams that maybe have better pitching depth than Nebraska. So I think those uh, you know, are two teams that you'd have to look at toward the top. But I, I see no reason why Nebraska can't do what it's done a, a lot in the last five to seven years, which is – be right in the thick of the Big Ten race, down to the wire, uh, you know, to make a, a tournament run in the Big Ten and then play in a regional somewhere. I think that's realistic considering, again, the depth of pitching that they have. I mean, you think about the fact that Nebraska could have three guys who've been Friday night starters uh, coming out of the bullpen this year for them. That's how how strong they look, at least on paper and, and barring injury and everything like that. I think, to me, the big question early on is going to be what does the offense look like because in a in an in a era of college baseball where power it has exploded in the last few years nebraska's sort of kind of stayed where it is and it's okay if you do that if you want to hang your hat on speed and and small ball and pressuring the defense and things like that you can win games and win a lot of games doing that um, but nebraska just didn't have have that dynamic uh, variety of skill sets last year to do it. And I, I think that was something that played out in a lot of their close losses, especially. So I'll be curious to see, you know, if guys like Bryce Matthews and Max Anderson can take that next step. If the fact that the lineup being deeper helps them take that next step and sort of protects them from being pitched around, um, you know, a guy like Casey Burnham in center field, I think has a lot of the, the skill set uh, uh, characteristics that Jackson Hallmark did a couple of years ago in terms of speed and the bunt game. Dylan Carey, they really like at third base. He hit 350 against college pitching, uh, you know, as a, as a guy who was straight out of high school last summer. So there are a lot of pieces that you can point to and say that they're going to be better. Uh, I'll just be really fascinated to see how they piece it together, especially these first three weekends when they're on the road. And, and that's a really big opportunity to sort of set your RPI for the rest of the season. 
Yeah, Evan, if we go back 365 <clears throat> days, it felt like the, the goal of the last season was to take that next step with Husker baseball, host a regional, and then who would have thought, as you said, Maryland would be the team out of the Big Ten that would be hosting a regional. So when you look at this season, <clears throat> is that too lofty of, of aspirations to hope that this Husker baseball team can go and, and host a regional, or should that be what this team is looking for at the end of the season? Well, I mean, it's not impossible. I think you see big big um, progressions in different teams every year. Like a year ago at this time, I thought Rutgers would be, uh, you know, struggling to make the big 10 tournament. And, and, you know, they won 40 some games. They were probably the biggest snub from the NCAA tournament and they were really good. And to me, the, the, if you want to make a case for why Nebraska could host a regional, I think it starts with what the coaches have gone all in on this offseason, which was the value of experience. And, and that was the area that they really pointed to last year was the, the makeup of their roster was such where they had a lot of seniors, a lot of freshmen, and then there's sort of this gap in the middle. And, you know, the players sort of described the offense as hero ball at times where guys were sort of looking out for their own and, and it was hard to – to support each other and that sort of thing. And so what did they do? I mean, they went out and and brought back, first of all, a number of fifth-year guys like Griffin Everett or Kyle Perry or Shea Shanneman, Efri Cervantes, but they also added some experienced guys too. Charlie Fisher is probably going to get significant time at first base from Southern Miss. Michael Garza from Incarnate Words, a fifth-year guy. So you can kind of go down the list and see these guys who are 21, 22, 23, um, and, and then you, you know, I, I just think that that translates really well, especially right now in college baseball, where you're still filtering out the rest of, of, of these guys who went through the COVID year in 2020. So I think that's probably where it starts is, is a team that maybe isn't statistically dominant in one area, but one that, man, when, when the offense isn't going, the pitchers are going to pick them up. And if the pitchers are having a down day and you know, the offense can score, seven or eight runs and the defense is going to be reliable and they'll be consistent because there's some maturity there. So I think that's what they're banking on. Um, you know, you, you go to a practice and you hear everybody kind of whooping and hollering. Uh, it doesn't feel forced that this team likes each other. And for some reason that, I mean, it, it has staying power. And I think most sports, but especially in baseball, when you're together so often every day competing, there's just a value in, sort of that that camaraderie that they have. And I think that was something that they really put an emphasis on. Uh, and you combine that with talent, and we'll see what that turns into in terms of the record this spring. Evan Bland, a few minutes with us, Hale Varsity Radio, Husker Baseball Thoughts. And you have the reality of chemistry and camaraderie that, that was lacking last year. Who's a, a key or two that, that's going to be that, that glue guy for this dugout? Who's going to be the personality or two to set guys straight, but also kind of lead by example with this roster. Does Nebraska have a ready-made guy or is that somebody that's, is there somebody or a couple of guys that have grown into the necessary leadership role? Well, I think you start with your captains and that was something I know Will Bolt says often, and he brought back captains uh, to Nebraska. They hadn't had that uh, since he had left in the early 2000s when he was a senior captain. And, the, the reasoning behind it is you can't assume that somebody will step into that role. You have to be intentional about it and make sure somebody uh, sort of holds up that mantle. And so I think you start with the captains. You know, uh, Kyle Perry comes to mind for me first and foremost. I mean, you think about how he missed uh, a lot of last the last couple of seasons with Tommy John 
uh, recovering from Tommy John surgery, and he would still travel because the, the coaches felt that strongly about his presence in the dugout and around the guys and, and keeping them going. So I think he's, uh, you know, one of those infectious personalities who can uh, have a lot of fun, but also gets really serious and competitive when he needs to. Like Griffin Everett's the same kind of way. I, I think he's a little bit more of a quieter, steady presence. I mean, Shea Shanneman, he's he's 23. He's married. He's on, you know, like he's he's yeah, as mature as it gets. If if that's uh, the, the standard there. So, uh, and then Efrai Cervantes comes back. He's a, a former JUCO guy who, you know, he spoke today uh, here at Memorial Stadium talking about how. You know, nothing's ever been given to him, and and he's always had to earn everything. Uh, but he's a really likable guy, uh, inviting guy. So I think those are probably where you have to start. And then in terms of the newcomers, everybody talks about uh, a couple of the JUCO additions, Blake Mosley and, and Bryce Hughes, a couple of guys who are, are just their own dudes. I mean, they'll show up wearing MLB jerseys, or or they'll blast a playlist, or they just like to mix it up and keep things loose. And I think you'll see them get some time on the infield and maybe the outfield as the season goes on, not necessarily everyday starters, but guys who are, you know, nonetheless important to what this team is going to do. And for what it's worth, again, this is another area that coaches have really hammered home in uh, on recruiting to the point to where, you know, they're not just evaluating uh, a guy's skill set, but also how does he carry a conversation? How does he interact with others? Because there's there's just so much importance on, on intangibles like that in the sport. And it's going to be really fascinating to see, uh, again, how the pieces come together and how that starts to work when the games start coming and, and adversity starts to hit. Evan Blaine's with us here from the Omaha World Herald. And Evan, one last thought here on baseball before we get you uh, in your Super Bowl prediction locked in for Sunday. Drew Christo, uh, he's a guy that came in with a lot of fanfare last season. And I know Will Bolt said a, a couple things at the press today about Drew. What do you think Husker baseball fans can expect from, from Drew Christo in his sophomore season? Yeah, I mean, it'll be really interesting. I mean, he he had a, a rough start. If you think back to last year, I think he only pitched like five Gave up three home runs, uh, a lot of hits, had a lot of short outings, and it, it's a little bit jarring, I think, because you think about his recruiting pedigree out of high school. Uh, you know, when he was at Elkhorn, and he could have gone to Stanford, he could have gone to a number of of blue blood college baseball programs, and I, I think there's there was an assumption that he would step right into the starting rotation last year and, and continue that dominance, and it didn't happen. And so, to hear Will Bolt today say that. That Drew finished the fall uh, fantastic in fantastic fashion. His live outings this spring have been uh, equally up to par. I think it's really encouraging. And again, you talk about the, the pitching depth that Nebraska has. They feel pretty good, I think, about their starting rotation uh, with, with Emmett Olson, Jason Kaminska, and probably Caleb Clark, the freshman. But you know, if if Drew Christo uh, is coming along and is as sharp and as velos up as they're saying then suddenly this is a guy who, I mean, he could be a high-leverage bullpen arm on the weekends. You could put him as a midweek starter uh, to give you, you know, five quality innings every Tuesday or Wednesday. I mean, those the value of guys like that uh, can't be understated. And, again, you, you, you combine that improvement with just his character and, and, and makeup um, and ability – like it's it's really intriguing to see uh, you know what that could be, and I think he'd be one of those X factors when you talk about what the ceiling could be for Nebraska this spring. Evan, Sunday Super Bowl, Philly, Kansas City. Where's your head at? 
I think it'll be a great game. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, I'm a Broncos fan, so I, I can't wish the Chiefs well too often. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just kind of the way the way it is. That's why I grew up. But, uh, you know, the, the Husker angle's fun, too. It would be really interesting to see Sue get another title and, and Cam Jurgens in his rookie season, uh, you know, as the backup center, Jake Stoll, or Jack Stoll, and, and, and what he could do. Um, but just in terms of the game itself, I'm, I'm most excited to watch what Kansas City's offense does against Philadelphia's defense. I mean, everyone around here is familiar with Hassan Reddick now, mm-hmm. played for Matt Rule at Temple, and it's just been a wrecking ball. Um, really curious to see, you know, if Kansas City's O line can hold up and give Mahomes time to operate. In which case, you know, you got to feel good about the Chiefs' Chiefs' chances. Um, but if not, if they can get home, then I think it's going to be reminiscent of that Super Bowl uh, against Tampa Bay for the Chiefs a couple of years ago. So ultimately, I think it's going to be a, a game that's down to the wire into the fourth quarter. Uh, but I think Philadelphia wins a close one. Good pick, good pick. Love that. I I don't hate your take at all. Just <clears throat> as good as Reed and Mahomes are, you've got you got a front seven that's just a nightmare to deal with, uh, and and that's been that way all season long. Plus, the Hurts factor. He's had ice water, man. He is he has been able to make plays, and uh, he's got a better roster in Philly. Uh, I, I tend to agree with you, but I will. Keep my prediction saved for Friday. Evan Bland with us here, Omaha World Herald, Hale Varsity Radio. Evan, enjoy the week. Thanks for a few minutes today. Thanks, guys. See ya. Heard at Sports Radio every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio.